Happy Easter! Can we live in virtue and hope in the world as it is? I need you to tell me how. The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Normally Saturdays from 3 to 6, but today I am here from 12 to 2 on Easter live taking your calls. I want to keep it uh, bright and hopeful on this day where we celebrate the risen Christ. And uh, I consider that or it's pretty well established for Christians that it is the source of all hope opening up the gates of heaven. Uh, but I, I'm i a hardcore libertarian. I don't usually mix my politics with religion. And I, I'm i not saying that, 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 I mean, I'm committed to that, but it doesn't mean that we can't talk about uh, morality. And I wanna talk about doing good, doing right in this world as it is, because I've been thinking about it. Uh, as a matter of fact, I went to confession this week. You go to confession during Holy Week. And the priest like asked me a lot of questions. If I, if I'm, <laughs> I mean, it was like unnerving. And uh, one of the questions he asked me was if I tithed, tithing, tithe, like give a tenth of your income to the church. And I was totally taken aback. And it, I asked him, I was like, obviously on my toes because, and this is the question that I've been thinking about ever since, is this is a welfare state. I mean, I, I really believe that the progressive tax system is set up so that anytime you have extra money, it's absorbed by the state. And they do that primarily in the name of charity, of welfare, of redistribution of wealth. So by my calculation, which I've done on the air before, I won't bore you with it, but the all the governments of the United States take 40% of the productivity of the private sector. They spend 40%. They don't tax you at 40% because they run deficits and debt, but they spend 40%. And... Uh, in, in my estimation, at least 80% of that is pure redistribution of wealth, is just taking money and, and using it to give people with less money stuff. So, and, and I believe it's designed to absorb basically everything you got, everything extra you might have. Uh, and I, so I look at that, let's just, I mean, we can hash out whether people agree with me on that or not, but let's just say that's the way it is or something like that, that, that there's a question there of do you, what is your moral obligation as I don't believe in the state doing that, but they're doing it. So do I have to consent and do it voluntarily? Do I still have to give, the priest didn't really give me the answer. I mean, I think I kind of stumped him. Uh, and in particular, for uh, this example, which is, it's a church here in Atlanta I no longer go to, uh, kind of for this reason and others, was that they had a woman uh, asking for donations to Catholic charities. She was doing it instead of the homily, which makes me crazy. It's against the rules. But she was asking for that. And one of the things she said that Catholic Charities does is uh, help people sign up for welfare. 
which I consider to have moral implications both for the giver and the taker on that. Like, I don't think it's good for people. Uh, and sh and actually, when they the church called me to, like, ask me for donations to the church, and I said, look, if that's where, if that's where the money's going, I object. And the next time, the next year, when she came around, she gave the same speech, but she left that part out. And that really galled me because I don't think they stopped doing it. I think they just stopped telling people because they knew in our kind of conservative congregation, people would not like that. And I tipped them off. But my point is that if the if the Catholic Church is taking it, is is engaging in the plunder, is promoting that, they can't also expect you to give it to them directly. So... I think there's like real questions on what are our kind of moral obligations there. And I got, I actually threw that question out on Twitter and got an amazing number of responses. Normally people like what I say or retweet it or whatever, but I had a lot of responses. So I'm going to, um, as the show unfolds, my producer Binkley and I are going to go through those. Binkley, hello. How are you doing? And happy Easter. I'm great. Happy Easter to you. Thank you very much. Uh, I actually thought, I thank you for working today. I actually thought it was a, a smidgen scandalous to work uh, on Easter. I guess it's bad enough that I am ha happy to work on Sundays. But my uh, my husband said that as long as we keep it uh, relevant and good, that maybe it's, a, it's an opportunity to do something good. But I don't know. I'm not really great at that. I'm struggling. So actually, let's have people help us do that because I, I'm, uh, I'm great at analysis. I'm not always great at like the, uh, the color of it all. So if you want to, well, this is the subject I really want to, we can talk about the question of tithing or the question of what is our, our moral obligation, of but tithing. I also, tithing, sorry, tithing is the one-tenth I was oh, saying okay. earlier, it's like one-tenth. It's it's a biblical thing in the old, and I don't know how they call it in the New Testament, but the, it's this idea that you have to give a tenth to the church. But as I was reading about it, someone like tweeted to me, read about it. And I was like, oh, dude, tell me, trust me, I'm reading about it. I just, <laughs> it's it gets complicated because it's thousands of years old. And the systems that these that these uh, admonitions or requirements arose in is so different from ours. And it makes me think that, so as this welfare state emerges, to me, as I'm thinking about it, that is, that is the church, that is the secular church that the state runs. It is a mixture of church and state because they're taking, you know, people on the left, I, are like so adamant about not mixing church and state it's just but that is uh it, it that is church and state so that's like when i was looking back that is the function of this tithing and everything is that it was i believe from what i can tell but of course like when you start going down this road people millions of people have de dedicated their lives to studying religion and theology and all and the bible so i'm not gonna definitely not gonna kind of figure it out but it seems like it served a different function then because you did not have this secular church that was uh part and parcel with the government that used the force of arms to take a third or or up to a half of your of your income of the fruits of your labor 
and give it to other people like I, I for the purposes of keeping the community afloat or even virtuous. I mean, this idea of dignity, of uh, not only pulling people out of poverty so they can eat and have clothing, but that they should have dignity. That's part of it, too, of education, of a church's perhaps responsibility to educate. And, I, and what I was reading about the Old Testament, that that was part of what they used the money for, was um, a kind of bigger social responsibility. So I see it as that is the church in the state. Now, not my church, but I'm just saying, like, how do you get around that? And if the Catholic Church vehemently objected to that and refused to participate, I might uh, stand with them. But I, I have problems with that. And then you also have somebody tweeted, I think Voltairine tweeted, uh, she said... Which I have it right it? here if you want me to read it. Yeah. Is giving to charity not teething, or it tithing. Ha- tithing, or it has been given uh, to the, or does it have to be given to the official church? I thought all God's people are the church. She, yes, and she followed up. Uh, I forgot to highlight this one. She followed up with a tweet that said, "I didn't like." Now, what she said. See, I, I don't want to put words in her mouth or own this, but she said she doesn't like to give to, is it the Catholic Church? I don't know what church she was talking about, because they do political things with it, including, she, I had never heard this before, so maybe I'm going to solicit from her a, a link on this, where they want to have lighter rules and senses on pedophiles. Is that possible? Have you ever heard that? I have not heard that expressed yeah, but I mean, I, I don't. They know. do have some some shady stuff. They, I mean, that's us. the thing. Like to to start that rumor in the wake of the scandals, I don't know if it's if it adds support to it or not. But I, I, she's a pretty straight shooter. So hopefully, Baltarine, you can you can tweet me a link to that. But um, but the the point is, like, all of a sudden, and other people tweeted that. It's why I object to taxes. It's like, I don't believe that what they're doing is good. I actually think in a lot of cases, it's it's actually bad. So uh, I've got issues with that. But what I had really intended to talk about today, as far as uh, what we can do to kind of um, redeem ourselves, let's say, is uh, is think about the works of mercy so last year i did a show on holy saturday and i talked about the virtues i mean these things are delineated in the catholic church and i'm sure and you know every major religion has ethics that are laid out and one of the things i used to put up on my on my bulletin board in my kitchen is not only the virtues but the works of mercy things you can actually do and my father used to my mother does it but she didn't talk about it but my father used to say like you need to look for opportunities to exercise these works of mercy. You have to look for it. It doesn't just like show up on your doorstep. Sometimes it does. Like I think when I had a son who had Down syndrome, like God was like, you know what? You're just not, you're just not putting yourself out there. So we're going to put it right in your home and you're going to have to feed this hungry kid for like the rest of his life and all that. Uh, But now that's a joy. So I, um, you know, it's time to look outside. So I want to go through what the works of mercy are and how we can kind of jive that with the with the welfare state or immigration issues. You know, it's like it's interesting, I think.
So let's do it. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. And we'll read some tweets after the break at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. Evil does seek to maintain power by suppressing the truth. On News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. I have a prize pack for you. The Arrow Exterminators Weekend Prize Pack is a pair of tickets to see Jeff Lynn's ELO live in concert Friday, July 5th at State Farm Arena. That is a great show. I saw a um, preview of that show, like a practice of that show. It was awesome. Tickets are on sale now at LiveNation.com. And the first to call 404-741-0750 gets that prize pack. I want to uh, go to a call. I'm going to Tony in Canton. Tony, you're on with Monica. Hi, Tony. How are you doing? Good. Um, I'm a I'm a pastor, and I wanted to say something about the tithing. Great. Um, really, it's, it's, you shouldn't be doing it because in Hebrews chapter 7 and 8, it's called a fleshly commandment. And back in the days when they were doing tithing, they didn't have churches all over the place. So you had like temples and sometimes they had like the Passover. It would take you days to get there. So once everybody got to the Passover or the temple, like if I had a bunch of chickens or this person had a bunch of livestock, I would bring a tenth of mine, you would bring a tenth of yours. And when we had the service, then we would all enjoy and eat because you you had livestock, you had vegetables, you had the wine. You bring a tenth of whatever you're doing. But now today, churches aren't, they're not sharing with everybody what they're taking in. You know, so the church was kind of like the pillar of the community. Now it's kind of like paying taxes. It's, it's, that's going to everybody. So the churches is using an uh, old-time uh, law to still take get money. Because it clearly said in Hebrews chapter 7 and 8, that Jesus said that it was a carnal or fleshly commandment. We really didn't have to do it. So, you know, yes, if you read all of Hebrews chapter 7, it'll tell you from the beginning to the end, and 8, it was changed when Jesus was crucified because he said, it, you, you would no need to be able to take care of the priest anymore. I'm the final, I will be the final sacrifice. It'll be... There's no need for them to be taken care of. It's a carnal, fleshly commandment made by man and not by God. Oh, so, that is excellent. And you know what? The uh, I was taught that everything changed when uh, Jesus rose from the dead today. But I love that. Thank you so much. That was just what I was looking for. I'm going to read into that. Greatly appreciate it. Let's. Uh, I've got some fantastic tweets to read, and I want to talk a little bit about the Notre Dame Cathedral fire. Uh, definitely nothing you've heard anywhere else. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. No, never give up. Never surrender. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. That was Galaxy Quest. Oh my gosh. Uh, the first time I saw that movie, I just stumbled into it. I had no idea. And I'm a huge Star Trek fan. And it's like a parody of Star Trek. Oh my gosh. I mean, it was one of those times when like, my kids thought there was something wrong because I was crying laughing. <laughs> anyway, that just proves that like a... No, you're going to watch the movie and just be like, is she an idiot? <laughs> like, what the hell? So um, first of all, I want to thank Tony for that great call before the break, explaining tithing as um, he, I mean, I'm not going to even try to recap what he said, but he was saying that it's not a um, a commandment. It's a carnal commandment or a carnal? Man-made. Carnal. Man-made. Okay. Um, 
Because the reason the question of tithing came up to me was that the priest asked me in confession if I tithed, like if I had to confess not tithing. So I got to dig in. The Catholic rules, Catholics, the Catholic Church interprets things differently. And I'm not saying sometimes, you know, so I'm not saying I'm going to be smarter than the church, but I want to dig into this one a little bit because I was galled. I was like, are you kidding me? Like I, we give so much just to like the the taxes are all for charity basically right and that that is what people are saying so that's very interesting to me uh i wanted to oh could you read binkley my producer binkley in case you're just tuning in for the first time ever uh what is that tweet we got we've been talking about tithing we're gonna kind of move on I want to talk about Notre Dame. I want to talk about the, I want to just highlight the works of mercy, like things to keep in your mind. Like these are things that we should try to do if we can. Uh, we can, I'm taking calls 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. And if you want to hear this show in its entirety, commercial free, you can check out thepropreport.com. The prop report is a propaganda report. Binkley and I, uh, post that this show on Wednesday and our podcast on Thursday. But what's the tweet? Basically? It's from Ricky Bobby. He tweets, the church is too political nowadays. I believe even the Baptists are trying to make deals with the government or at least getting in the politically correct mentality. I'd rather give my money to a charity or a particular ministry directly. Uh, I I feel the same way. I mean, my son has Down syndrome. I like to put all of our resources into that. But the thing with that is, I mean, it gets very lopsided and has to afflict you before you engage. However, that may be a self-regulatory mechanism where the people it afflicts the most uh, are the things, things that are afflicts a lot of people are the things that get the attention and money. Maybe that's a, a good way to do it. Although that leaves things that afflict the poor more than anyone else uh, in the dust. So, there's there's room for a lot of different approaches, I think. I want to uh, take a call, but first I do want to just identify the corporate, corporal and spiritual works of mercy. Altogether, there's 14, there's seven each, corporal and spiritual. The corporal ones, I'm gonna read the first four and every one of them raises questions for me in the welfare state or the nation state. The first one is to feed the hungry. The second one is to give drink to the thirsty. And the third one is to clothe the naked. And to me, food stamps and uh, welfare and all that address those. Now, the problem is I don't consent to the, ch the state performing the functions of the church in that way, yet I have to pay for it. So I don't have the extra income that I would have had if this these things, and, and they're getting done with that money. And if they're not getting done with that money, that's sinister. It's a pathocracy. It's a government that's not trying. And uh, I do believe that is the state we're in right now. But but this also, like, because this is a, a church and state thing, they're mixing church and state, and it's a secular religion. But, and some people, I, I can see how people say kind of historically you do, the church and the state are kind of one thing. Your moral and civil laws are kind of one thing because you came from the same culture, the same ethnicity. And then I read in Christopher Dawson, who's like a famous Catholic philosopher, I would say, also MacArthur, General MacArthur had this same concept, which was if a civilization does not 
have one religion, it is a civilization in decline. There's no way to grow if you don't have the same values. And it's just food for thought. Um, Oswald Spengler, controversial, uh, what they call gentleman scholar. So he wasn't an academic, but he was a scholar. Yeah. He And he has theories of civilization. And he said, if you have eclectic architecture, eclectic architecture, so traditional stuff and modern stuff side by side, that's a sign of a civilization in decline where you don't have values because to him, culture, uh, philosophy, society is all about the numbers, like literally like numerical, geometric behind the, it's interesting, very numerology? interesting. Numerology? No, it's not, no, it's not numerology. It's about relationships. Mm. So like my brother was telling me about the Fibonacci thing. He grows sunflowers. He's like, you know, it follows the Fibonacci series and I'm not familiar with that, I'm ashamed to say. But it's this idea that these numerical relationships underlie basically everything. And that's where Spengler was coming from. So when I heard about the Notre Dame fire, I immediately thought of the Louvre. The Louvre is an, uh, whatever, Baroque palace? I don't know, but like old, <laughs> pre-Napoleon. But if you go there now, you see, I think it's I.M. Pei was the architect who put a pyramid, which has its own symbolic issues, a very modernistic pyramid in the courtyard of the Louvre. So it's this eclectic architecture in as the focal point of French culture, which is is an I is a, this can be interpreted as the sign of a civilization in decline. So so many things went through my mind when as Notre Dame was burning on starting the first day of Holy Week, uh, I just I was just overcome and uh and one of the things I thought immediately was that they would, first of all, it was a sign of destroying this traditional religion of Catholicism or all traditional religion. And I had had this idea before where there, I just really puzzled. I was like the 20, I, I, year, a couple of years ago when I was first really grasping this idea of the dialectic as motivating all political action these days, the dialectic being uh, the thesis, antithesis, and then synthesis, or problem, you know, crisis, reaction, solution, whatever. So like all political action nowadays is motivated by one, a thing happening, people reacting to it, and then usually the state or whatever, somebody proposing a solution, but the solution was the policy goal altogether. So then you have to recognize that some of these, some of these crises are initiated just to get the reaction and demand the solution. So that's how I see the world. And if you look back at the 20th century, the dialectic was capitalism versus communism and the synthesis, what we have is social democracy, the world over. They speak English, they're all, they're all the same thing. And it's considered this inviolable virtue that we're willing to kill or die for. Now they're trying to bring that back just for, for political purposes, the socialism, capitalism, but we're social democracy. It's, that's what we are. And that's what, that was the outcome of the 20th century thing. Uh, and I just was puzzling, what is the 21st century dialectic? Just puzzling, puzzling, puzzling. And I just could not get away from the fact that the conflict in the world today is religious. It's, I, I, just simplistically, if I, the way I see it from our, my perspective here, 
is Judeo-Christian versus Islam. Like that's basically what we're being served. And you could go back to Samuel Huntington and Bernard Lewis. They wrote Clash of Civilizations. One was a book, one was an essay. But they made it very clear what the dialectic was going to be. And I was like, okay, but what's the synthesis? I just really scratched my head because it looks to me like the world power, the people who are behind all this stuff, want secularism, no religion. And I said, there's just no way around it. They must be, they have to be going for a kind of synthetic religion that they can co-opt into the world state. And, and I really just deduced it. And now I, so when this Notre Dame thing was happening, and then I started like paying attention to it. It's so funny. Once you like have your eyes open something, you see it everywhere. Then I started realizing that they did try the no religion thing. It didn't really work that a religion, a co-opted religion, state religion is very powerful as a way to keep people in line with the, with the state. So, so I looked at, so I, when Notre Dame was burning, I thought they're tearing down the old and they'll, they'll maintain it. They'll rebuild it as a temple to what's called a syncretic religion, like a synthesis that they'll put it all together. I believe I read, I saw someone talking about how Sandy Hook, Connecticut is a place where there's like a, a new age world religion kind of headquarters there it's kind of weird, so I, I should look into that. But the idea, I thought, they'll, maybe they'll do that with Notre Dame. And then I heard who was going to pay to rebuild it, all the people who are contributing, one of whom was Tim Cook, I believe, who, Binkley, do you not remember when he got that award from the Anti-Defamation League? And we both commented when we analyzed his speech that he was absolutely preaching and he was being treated as a high priest. It was, it was weird. Yeah, and one of the reasons he got the award was for banning Alex Jones being the first one, which... For his, what the presenter said was his anti-dangerous, anti-government conspiracy theories. Yeah. So I want to get into, um, I want to get into that. At the top of the hour, I want to take a couple of calls right now. Uh, I'm going to go to Bob in Tucker. Bob, uh, you're on with Monica. Hi, Bob. Hi, um, happy Easter to you and Chag uh, Sameach, if I said that right, to our Jewish friends. Um, I wanted to, you, you posed a question about ties, um, and so I, I wanted to pitch in my opinion. Go, I, yeah, uh, you got I read in, in the New Testament that, uh, you know, take, it's translated, take up your cross and follow me, but I read an alternate translation, uh, which is the cross is the same word as staff, and so it could be translated as, use everything vested in you and follow me. And so that makes the modern case for ties. Even if it's not a sacrifice of animals, it's still drawing near to God so that God will draw near to you and offering what you have in the service of his kingdom. I, uh, do you feel like it really should be a tenth of your income to your church? Well, it was in the uh, in the law a uh, tenth of your livestock or grain, and so why wouldn't it be a tenth? Um, now, I think you have a valid point that there is this secular religion that is taking one third of our income, right? And so some people still have another tenth of the original, or even a tenth of the remainder, uh, if they're really in hard times. But 
because okay. you know, we're serious yeah. about being servants. Why not? I agree with you, and I'll tell you why. I mean, I'm not I, – I, how people want to interpret what you're saying, I don't know. But what I'm agreeing with is – it, 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 the spirit of that is valid, in my opinion, in that, first of all, I believe that materialism, that it's a zero-sum game, materialism and spiritualism, that materialism crowds out spiritualism. And if it is, it's it actually is probably only really effective as a personal, as, a, as an enrichment for you spiritually, not even where it goes or what it's for, but that it helps you master or you know master materialism that that the sacrifice itself gets you where he wants you to be and that is that is consistent with Christ's message from top to bottom all right i'm going to think about that as i take a break and then come back to heidi and then at the top of the hour i want to talk more about notre dame this is monica perez monica perez it's all real Oh my God, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. On News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. So Keith called from Dallas, didn't stay on, but he said the federal government funds churches to support the poor. And I know the Catholic Church takes money one way or another, signing people up for welfare or whatever. Uh, I don't like it. I think it's a conflict of interest. But, um, But Binkley, my producer and I were talking at the break he was a little confused by the confession thing. So, and I know that's true. Like people who are not Catholic don't necessarily get it, but you go to confession, which is a sacrament. It's great. And you confess mortal sins, stuff that they can get you into hell. And, uh, and it's not like you're, you just go straight to heaven after that. Like you still have to go to purgatory and atone for the sins and the fires of purgatory. Isn't that up for interpretation? Well, but the Catholics are interpreting it for Catholics, okay. you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's a, it's a, up for interpretation is not really a Catholic concept from what I... So you I, can't go into a debate while you're in the confessional. You can, like you can consult your conscience. If you consult your conscience, a fully informed conscience, and you honestly consult it, you're actually, even if it disobeys the rules of the church, you are obliged to follow your conscience, which is where I get into a little back and forth sometimes. <laughs> but so this is an unusual confession. I only ever had this twice. He said, Are you, whatever, he, he went through the commandments. He went through the commandments. And I had just been to confession like two weeks prior, but he like just launched into this, like, have you ever? And I was like, dude, I, have I ever? So like, ne- I don't a, never, know. a game of never have I ever in confessional? <laughs> That's right. I don't know if I'm, you really can't take lightly that, which is divine, but this is not divine. This was a human to human. So he asked me questions like, um, have you ever had a facelift? Have you ever gone to a psychic? Stuff like that was very interesting. Anyway, let's get into the Notre Dame stuff. Top of the hour. This is Monica Perez. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.